Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hi, this is Monique. And this is Sydney. And you're tuned into Monique and Sydney's Open, Open Relationship. Relationship. It's going to be the type of conversations that normally we're afraid to have out loud. Is it okay to be gay? Friends. How many of us have them? Mother and daughters. Is it always all bad? The mind's like a parachute. It's no good unless it's open. <laughs> That's what's up. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship. I am Monique. And I'm Sydney. And we want to welcome y'all. And today, we have some amazing guests in the studio. And I hope y'all can feel my smile because I can't <laughs> stop smiling, baby. <laughs> because, okay, so we have Keisha Hartwell. Actually, I kept all my names. Keisha Knight, Pulliam Hartwell. Give it to him. Yes. Okay. Okay. Give them all Doesn't to him. Doesn't it sound regal, though? It does. But let me, okay. And we have her beautiful husband, Mr. Ed Hartwell. See, I just kept my own name. It's just okay. Ed Hartwell. This one I knew that marriage was real between me and Sydney. Mm-hmm. My third marriage. When I got my social security card changed, wait, time That's out. when I knew it was serious. Can I tell you when you guys came in, that's what I was looking at on my phone. How in the hell I changed all these names in all these places. Baby, listen, that's I kept it all the other times. But I knew this one was real when I changed the social security card name on the paper. Get it. So today, this is just such an honor. Because I have to tell you, as kids growing up, watching this little girl that they called Rudy Huxtable <laughs> on TV, you allow people to dream. Mm. You allowed us to dream because you were this little girl pulling it. Our little sister. It, it was. Like you were related to everybody and everybody was in it with you. And that day y'all did Rachel's. Baby! Come on! Do you know the funniest thing is when I went to see the movie, I was sitting in the theater and that part came on, and everyone started murmuring. They didn't know I was in there. I just, you know, was watching the movie. That's not Ray Charles. That's the Cosby Show. That's the Huxtables. <laughs> they were so serious about it. And yes. it was so heartwarming because Mr. Cosby, he did such an amazing job of infusing culture into the show in so many aspects. Mm. Growing up mm-hmm. in the business mm-hmm. as a baby. And the show today is what, Daddy? How do you deal with the hate? How do you deal with the hate? Because both mm. of y'all are public figures. Yeah. Mm. But growing up as a little girl, and people can be cruel. Mm-hmm. And they can say things because they feel like, oh, you a celebrity. So your feelings don't matter. I'm still a person. As, as a little girl, how did you deal with that when people weren't so kind or so friendly? Do you know what? I'm grateful that the era in which... I came through, there wasn't as much direct access. There wasn't social media. There wasn't the internet. There wasn't, you know, so people didn't have a platform to to not be accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, even in journalism, there were checks and balances. You had to check a story out. Nowadays, you can put a story out without that same um, integrity because there aren't the checks and balances to fact check the story first. Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful that you know, also, we didn't film in Los Angeles. We were in New York. I'm a Jersey girl, originally from Jersey. You can probably tell from these bamboo earrings I'm wearing right now that say <laughs> Keisha. Um, <laughs> but so my family was real normal. Um, my parents did a really good job of insulating me and protecting me. But you do have people. But I, I feel that one thing I've always been my mom has always said, never let anyone steal your joy. Mm. And I've always known that acting is one of the many things I do. It's not the totality of who I am. So my self-worth has never been based on what role I'm getting or what this critic is saying or what that critic is saying about me. You know, I came home. I was the oldest daughter, James and niece. I got spankings. I got put on punishment. I had to wash dishes. I had chores, all of those things. And I feel that, that all of that helped contributed to me understanding my worth as a woman and also and that's the key that's the key because when you're looking for validation in your worth and the validation of your worth outside of yourself um, that's when the hate that's when the opinions of others 
penetrate a little more easily. Not to say I'm not human and stuff. You, you know, words hurt. But I'm one thing that I always say is you're entitled to your opinion. I'm entitled not to give a fuck. And let's give him a little. <laughs> Sorry. That's right. That's right. Let's give him a little background about Keisha Knight pulling him well, well. Come on, do it, Dad. Just so they can appreciate and don't let them know life didn't just start on the Cosby show. And correct me if I'm wrong, because sometimes the facts can be wrong. But in 1986, you were the youngest actress to be nominated for an Emmy. Mm-hmm. Uh, your debut at entertainment was at nine months old for a print ad for Johnson & Johnson. Absolutely. So you've been hustling since nine months I old. I have been working my whole life. All of it. At three, you played Keisha on Sesame Street. Yeah. Come on, Last now. Dragon, too. You know, the glow, Timex, all of Who's the master? Yes, that movie, too. And you're ranked on VH1 list of 100 greatest kid stars is number 19, which is pretty huge. Yeah, I was 19. actually number 11 the first time they did it. I don't know what happened, but, you know. They're so. trying to play you to the it's, left. It's okay. It's okay. And <laughs> even to a degree, an advocate speaking up in 2011 commenting on the fact that only white actors had won the Golden Globe Award that year mm-hmm. and that you thought there was some more work that needed to be done as it pertained to diversity. Absolutely. And we can't leave our brother Ed. Because this brother is an all-American, was a formerly all-American linebacker at Western Illinois. Is mm-hmm. that correct? Yes, sir. Drafted by the Ravens 2001 through four. played for the Falcons, Cincinnati Bengals, and Oakland Raiders. So I say all these things to say that you both have achieved at the highest levels that you could possibly do in your field. Mm-hmm. So you inexplicably know what it is to have the alleged, in quotes, the hate. Yeah. So speaking on how you deal with it, and you had you were already speaking about it, but I believe you were going to pose a question. Just had to give them their pride. I appreciate <laughs> that, Daddy. Now I feel appreciate, bad. Y'all just appreciate. been kidding Lakeisha, and I didn't give your whole thing <laughs> down. It, 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 it ain't necessary. I was like, I feel no. like and Sydney in the building. That's it. That's all right. That's all. <laughs> but I think it's important mm-hmm. that people know that yeah. because sometimes they will just pigeonhole you into that's Rudy from the Cosby show and not knowing that it's so much more that this baby been doing it before she could say hello nine months so that's a beautiful thing what I was going to say though is have you ever read something okay mm-hmm. and let's go back to Jersey mm-hmm. and they didn't put some shit in there that's so <laughs> out of line you want to say y'all can kiss my whole entire ass that's what y'all can do have you ever wanted to just say I need to respond that way just you know so you're dealing with the the woo side up Keisha Absolutely. But right now it's more my aunties and my mama and my cousins who are ready to go whoop ass at this point. And I have to like keep them like, guys, listen, it's okay. You know it's not true. But I just also come from a school. If you people aren't talking about you, you're not doing something right. Come on. Like you have to be doing something that is worth. You have to be up here for people to be trying to pull you down. Mm-hmm. Because if I was down here, there is nowhere for me to go. So I look at everything for, as a blessing. That's just my personality. I try to find the good in everything and recognizing that they, that because of all the greatness that I've achieved, that's why. So I'm grateful for it. I really am because if I didn't have anything worth wanting, nobody would care. Mm. You better say that again. Now, Brother Ed, when you were coming up the ranks— um, cause I'm sure it's not 10 cats in your neighborhood that you grew up with that were all American linebackers right. in college and made it to the pros. How was it dealing with, or did you have to deal with the naysayers that said, come on, man, what, what, what you talking about? Well, you know, you did. I dealt with it all my life. Even when you young, one of my dreams was I want to play in the NFL. People be like, man, you good, but I don't know. And then when you, what you have to develop is thick skin. And that thick skin, you really have to have thick skin because them coaches, they don't care. They cuss you out. One day you're great. <laughs> next day you suck. <laughs> then the next day you're great again. Mm-hmm. So over time, you know, you got to just block them out and say, I'm going to be me. I'm not going to worry about what they say. I'm going to be the last person to say what I'm going to be in life. Um, people just, they rude. <laughs> did you, I'm, use, I'm, that, I'm gonna be, I'm did be you use that to motivate you at all? Oh, well? yeah, definitely. You know. All of all of Nate. Even when I when you get to the league, you know, my rookie my rookie year in the league, I put up 191 tackles. Big numbers. Hey, some people on the team didn't like that. Mm-hmm. They felt a little shrewded. 
Like, I should have put them numbers up, but, you know, and so you even get it within the job. So at that point, it's, well, I'm just going to still be great. I'm still going to go out here and do what I need to do to be successful and to be happy in life. Because these people don't, I, I tell all the time, man, them haters, if you know I don't have no haters, like she said, what you doing with your life? My at competition the end of the day, is with me, and I know Ed feels the same way, that my goal is to be better than I was the day before. Definitely. It has nothing to do with anyone else. How do you deal with it, though, when it doesn't come from a stranger? Mm. <laughs> when Okay. <laughs> when the, the hate doesn't come from strangers. When that hate is coming from people that is extremely in your circle and it's very intimate. How do you then deal with that? Because you expect for it to be a stranger. Do you know, for me, when people show me who they are, I appreciate it. And I believe them. So when you show your true colors, you know, I'm grateful for that. And that just means that you aren't meant to be in this experience. And I'm grateful that you've shown me exactly who you are, your authentic self. And I move accordingly. You know, you can do it in a loving manner. You know, some people you got to love from afar. You, they don't need to be privy to your business if you know they're going to be spreading it in the street. Like if you give someone that opportunity and then, you know, they don't hold it in the highest esteem, only, you know, the definition of insanity is continuing to doing the same, to continue to do the same thing and expect a different result. Mm-hmm. So you have to sometimes allow people to be where they are. You know what, what, what I find, and sometimes when I'm on Instagram, Daddy, okay, I'll be on it. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong and somebody will say something not so pleasant. Mm-hmm. And I know most people will ignore it. But what I've learned from this man is how to love the hater to a place of patience and love. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen no shit like that done before in my life. But I will see Sydney take someone and they'll be here with the hate. What'd you say? Hate, 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 Bring them to now they're crying. Mm. And now they're saying, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And now they want to give you their story. Yeah. Because then once I see it happening, I'm like, it's not so much they hating on me. They scorn through it so yeah. bad. It's like, I don't know where else to put this shit. And I'm not going to take responsibility for it. We're all children on a playground. And okay. I think I've probably been guilty of that, Daddy. I mean, we're human beings. And the beautiful thing about being a human being when it's exposed is that you have enough character to say this is the flaw that I'm uh, committing. Let me do something to correct it. We, we think that oftentimes we're supposed to be like diamonds and are supposed to be flawless. But that's the ridiculousness of it. When you show those redeeming qualities as actresses, you can appreciate this. When you show the redeeming qualities, there's a level of empathy that people have for you. Versus when you just give the imagery that you're just perfect. And it's a very difficult thing to empathize with other flawed people when you're perfect because you know not those flaws. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things when um, we are introduced to those individuals, what we know is it's not really hate as much as it is a level of insecurity that individuals have with allowing others to be themselves. Yeah, most Mm -hmm. people project. That's why I said we're all kids on a playground. Whoever you were on the playground as a kid is exactly who you are today as an adult. You may be wrapped in a different package. You may be successful now. You may be this, maybe that. But those insecurities still last. They're still there. And the people I find that lash out the most are the ones that are the most hurt themselves, the Mm -hmm. way which you were saying earlier. So I definitely try to empathize. But on Instagram, you know, I just, I'm not going to lie, like block delete is my friend. If you're, you know, my page is about positivity. I'm not out seeking, you know, having evil, mean-spirited words for anyone else. And I feel that it's okay for me not to desire to have that on my page. If you put a page out there and you want to, I hate Keisha not William Hartwell, that's your business. That's your page. But on my page, I don't have to tolerate you know, mean-spiritedness. I don't feel the need to go back and forth with people or to even, because I feel that, When you do that, you feed into that energy. And we are all energy. So I desire to dwell in the positivity. And for those who aren't joining me there, it's okay. But I don't have to see your comments and 
you don't have to see my page if you don't want to. See, I won't block. Oh, okay. I will not block. And I will get people to say, block them, Monique. Just block them. No. Let's, I'm sorry, Daddy. Let's have an open dialogue. Mm. And that's what this show is, Monique and Sydney's open relationship. I won't block you. Let's talk about it. Let's see what's really going on that's taking you to this place. Right. And by the time you're done, you'd be surprised. One person came on there, and what they say, Daddy? <laughs> Which particular time are you speaking of? <laughs> Bonique, since you in an open relationship, can Sydney eat my pussy? Oh, Remember okay. that one? It, I do. That's what she said. What was your answer? I said, if he did, it would blow your mind. <laughs> <laughs> and they came back with, that's why I love you, Monique, because it's, it, it's, if it depends on how you feed it. No, mm-hmm. that's true. It depends on how you feed it. So that. when we say, how do you deal with the hate? I mean, it's been, and when I say, how do you deal with it when it's close mm-hmm. to you, when it does come from the family, how do you deal with it? Because we've really had a, um, what's the word? Our experiences with it. I mean, and it helps when you don't take things so personally. Yeah. Definitely. Because back to being thick-skinned, um, it's almost understanding that how people feel today may not be how they feel tomorrow. As you said, the coaches would sing your praises today. Something goes wrong, they're negative tomorrow. But you consistently must be on your side, regardless of who else is on it or not. And our motto is do not allow others to embarrass you out of this life Mm -hmm. because this is yours to live. And I kind of envision when you're transcending to that next place Mm -hmm. and you have just that brief moment before you decide, are you going forward or are you going backwards? Mm -hmm. And you say, and you reflect on the people whose opinions affected you most. And were you honest enough to live who you were going to be? And if you chose not to, would you do it differently if you had it to do all over again? Mm -hmm. And within the moment that you're in and you're still alive, you say, well, if your answer would be I would do it differently, you're still alive right now to do it differently. Mm -hmm. So you take advantage of it. So, again, when people say those things and the more hurtful that they are, or could be construed is like you said, the more hurt that they're experiencing. So they're almost not that because she gets on me all the time. You mean to tell me you don't think that they're just any bad people or mean people or anything? And I'm like, when you hear the most heinous of things taking place, I always associate that with someone being mentally not connected. Mm -hmm. So then you, do you call them bad as much as they have an illness, you know? So everybody has their opinion on it, but I want to think the best of others because it allows me to be able to say, regardless of what you do, I'm still going to consistently say, I'm going to give you love. Chad Johnson and T.O. on SportsCenter the other day, Mm -hmm. just yesterday, and they said to um, T.O., it seems like you carry a lot of the, the angst and hurt with you from 20 years ago, he made a comment about Chris Carter from 20 years ago that he said when he was a player, damn near. And he said, you know, I do. I, I carry a lot of that with me still. And then he looked over at um, my man, um, Chad oh, Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. And he said, well, how do you deal with the hate? He said, with love. And you mm-hmm. saw the jovialness in his personality, mm-hmm. how light he was. And you want to stay light and keep it light because – the heavier life is as heavy as you make it. Definitely. And if you're walking around with that weight vest on your shoulders and you ain't training for nothing, it becomes a problem. Wow. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. That goes back to killing them with kindness. Um, we've all been through things, and it just kind of relates to uh, – with the hater, you know, the dad, and and if a dad's not in your life, it's better to forgive him and move on mm. and get rid of that mm-hmm. than to hold on to it because it's, it's hurting you. It's hurting you and the things you're doing. And, you know, I, I think, too, that we don't realize that until we're in it. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't realize that if my dad wasn't in the picture, now I ain't going to be in my child's 
in life, but you don't even realize it till you're in it and the damage is so far done, you don't even realize the hurt that you're putting out there. And when we say, how do you deal with the hate? For me, mm-hmm. it was difficult. Mm-hmm. For me, if I felt like you were trying to be out of pocket, <laughs> God damn it, let's go. I don't fuck all this kindness and all that because I was kind. Mm-hmm. I was already those things. And then you came back across the street with some different shit. So now <laughs> it is time for us to have whatever we're going to have. And what I find with my husband, with Sydney, is he's teaching me a different way. Mm-hmm. He's teaching me. Let go of your yesterdays because as long as you hold on to them, it's going to fuck with your today. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's going to mess with everybody and everything in it. So when we say, how do we deal with the hate? Sometimes I think it's self-inflicted. Mm. Shit. Bam. Okay. Yeah, but sometimes I think it's so self-inflicted that we think others are trying to inflict it upon us when it's really our own shit. Right. And mm-hmm. you could have said, good morning. But because I'm so messed up that day, the way you said, I'm like, did you hear how that bitch Keisha said good morning? <laughs> and it, your perception, it is based on yes. how you process, you know, it, and I agree wholeheartedly. And I just want to thank you because I appreciate being reminded um, because sometimes it is easier to just ignore versus welcome and real people in with love because you never know what that other person is going through. And on every other level in my life, I absolutely lead with love. And I guess part of me is like, ain't nobody got time to be arguing with these people on Instagram (laughs) about stuff that don't matter. But I do see your side, and I do see your perspective and your take on it. So thank you for that. So, you know, someone may get lucky the next time someone says something crazy on my page. You know, I may need some coaching. We may have to talk so that you, you can help. <laughs> because I've seen it work. You can help me through it. No, and I, and I have no doubt in my mind that, that it does work, but it does also take a level of patience. And um, I guess a lot of times, sometimes I may not be at that space in patience and even just desire. I'm thinking about, look, I got these 50 million other things I'm supposed to be doing right now. I don't have time to be arguing with you whether my lipstick is the right color today. So... <laughs> And it's not from a space of um, being angry or, you know, or even it's more just like I just don't have time Mm -hmm. to give to you to work through whatever it is you're going through right now. But I get it. And oftentimes we we think about working out physically Mm -hmm. and we work out mentally through reading and things of that nature. But how do you work out spiritually? And Mm -hmm. sometimes the spiritual workout comes through engaging with people that um, innately may not be so fulfilling to the spirit at first glance, Mm -hmm. but through further conversation, you've worked it out and the universe is watching or whoever you pray to. Uh, And it's kind of like as a parent, do you, and you see your children doing something that that they shouldn't be doing, but then you see that one that's showing a level of patience towards the other one. You, Speak to the ones that are not doing what they're supposed to, but then you pull that one up to the side that was doing what they were supposed to or them all. And you speak to them about how proud you are. Somehow, without words, the universe has a way of doing that for us Mm -hmm. as human beings or your God, whoever you pray to, because it has to see you in progress. It has to see you at work. As we say, we're works in progress, but let's see how you work when you're under duress dealing with an individual that's not the most pleasant Mm -hmm. because it's the easiest thing in the world to do to deal with folks that they're positive, they're great, they're removed from hate. They're good people. (laughs) 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 I'm going to be on goddamn uh, Dr. Sue. I'm going to be on Dr. (laughs) Sue. I am, I am. (laughs) Green eggs and ham. (laughs) Goddamn. (laughs) Goddamn. Goddamn. Yeah, growth doesn't happen in your comfort zone. Spiritual growth, any of that. And I get it. You grew up in it. Mm -hmm. So it's all you know. Mm -hmm. So money for you Mm -hmm. was at nine months, you were making money. Right? Yeah. Right. So that's all you knew. So Mm -hmm. your family didn't depend on Keisha's income for your family to make it. They were already into what they were doing. I'm assuming. No. They weren't dependent on it. No, I'm saying that. As it grew, I definitely, the income that I brought in was definitely a family income. It was. 
um, like I said, I'm from New Jersey, from Newark, New Jersey, in. Baby, yeah. no, I used to hang out in Newark, yeah, New Jersey. So you, you know, know about so, it. so you know what I'm talking yes, about. Yes, ma'am. You know, my dad, when I got the Cosby show, he was a, a postal police. And my mom got pregnant with me when she was in college and subsequently didn't finish because she chose to have me. So, um, and I'm grateful for the blessing because because of how I was blessed, it was able to bless our family mm-hmm. and to move us out of that circumstance. Uh, but, but yeah, so it's, I have a very unique life experience as a result of the blessings I received. But how do you, how do we deal with it? And for the people listening mm-hmm. that when you're first generation money. Oh, wow. And when we say money, mm-hmm. we got to be careful mm-hmm. because when we say money, people think multiple billions and it's, and it's. It doesn't always equate to that. No. We're just first generational money where we have. We're just first generation where we eat what we want, not what we right. have to. How do you deal with the family members that feel like you're obligated mm-hmm. to we need the same life y'all have? Every time we come over, hey, God damn it, y'all got steak and lobster. Mm-hmm. We should have the same kind of life. How do we deal with that with people that's listening that is going to come into first generational comfort? Mm-hmm. Let me just say comfort. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with that with family members that feel like there's an obligation that you have and then that disdain starts setting in because you're not taking care of me. Mm-hmm. You're not doing it the way I need you to do it. How do we tell people how to deal with that? You know what? It's now from going through it because when I first came into getting drafted, getting, getting millions of dollars in my bank account, you're right. Everybody wanted to live, but they wanted the big house. They wanted the car. But at that time, you didn't know any better. Now that I'm older, I deal with it. I would deal with it totally different in terms of let me let me help you invest in something. Let me invest in something that now that kitty, the interest, I can help y'all out yearly, not just give you both lump sums. And then all of a sudden you got hundreds of thousands of dollars out the door. Um because you're going to get that. A lot of people feel like they invested in you. But one thing that I tell people, I invest in people because I believe in them, not because I want something in return, because I want to invest in you. I want to give back to the kids. I want to give back to my nephews, my sisters, my brothers, my friends. You don't owe me anything. You owe yourself to just, all I ask in return is for you to help somebody else out. Pay it forward. And if everybody did that, then, because we all responsible for how for our lives and how we we came up, we all had the same type of opportunities. We all had an opportunity to do something. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not what what I did, but you had an opportunity to do something. And you, as long as you live, it goes back to what you said earlier. You still have an opportunity to do something. So, do that. Don't be jealous of somebody else or want to live somebody else's life. It's and okay damn it, we're not responsible for you. No, not at all. I'm grateful. My brothers, um, I have, I'm the oldest of four. I have three younger brothers and they don't operate from a space of expecting anything from me. My youngest one's still in college, so he needs like college tuition, that kind of stuff. But, you know, but even with him, he's so determined to blaze his own path. And I'm grateful for that. And so for me, you know, it's, it's a little different. Um, it is a transition, you know, in being a quote-unquote child star, that transition from going from childhood to being an adult, um, I didn't know I had no money. My parents, were, <laughs> you better get your ass in there and do what the hell you're supposed to do. So I didn't, it wasn't until I got older. But and, and it's funny, my parents did the best they could with what they knew. Be- coming from being that they were thrust into this. I remember one time, it was when I was doing beauty shop. And I called my mom. I went to a rap. I was at, like my first. That was probably I was 24. I turned 25 when we were shooting it. Like my first for real like rap party, the whole thing. Like prior to that, you know, I was kind of sheltered and they didn't really let me see all of that. Mm-hmm. And I had to call mom and be like, y'all used to kick it. I was <laughs> like, I am so grateful for y'all because I realized that they were that age when I was on the Cosby show. They were 24, 25. 
And as I've gotten older, I also recognize there's no manual to parenting. I was the guinea pig. I was the one that they had to kind of trial and error, figure out what worked. Did they make all the right decisions? No. But they taught me along with what to do, what not to do. And because of all of the decisions that they made, it made me the woman I am today. It made my brothers, you know, a Morehouse College graduate, an Auburn College graduate who's an engineer, and a up coming, he's going to be a rising senior at Morehouse. So the fact that their four kids have all graduated, me from Spelman, and you know, all of us have done that from two parents who were from the hood. My dad lived in Baxter Terrace, which the projects, you know, when I was little, even on the Cosby show, they still dropped me off at my grandma, my grandmother's house in Ivy Hill. Projects too. So the fact that we've come from that to be able to be here and that our children, my niece, will be able to have a different experience. So I'm grateful for it. I have to say, before we go to break, I'm really proud of you. Mm-hmm. Really proud of you to watch what you've done from this little girl to this amazing woman. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. What's going on, y'all? This is Monique. And this is Sydney. And today we want to talk about the hottest mattress on the market. What is it, Daddy? Lisa Online. 100% American-made and will ship free anywhere you are in the USA. 100 nights risk-free trial. You don't want to miss out on it. And it starts at what? $525. Just $525. Available exclusively online. It is the what mattress, Daddy? It is the Lisa Online mattress. With Lisa 110 program, we donate one mattress to a shelter for every 10 we sell. So for every 10, y'all, one of the shelters around this country will receive a Lisa mattress. You don't want to miss out. 100% American made, just $525. It starts at what, Daddy? $525. You get 100-night risk-free trial. So you can try this mattress for not 30 days, not 60 days, not 90 days, but how many? 100 days. 100 days. You don't want to miss it. Lisa Mattress, exclusively online. Go to the URL code www.lisa.com slash open, and you can get $75 off your new mattress. Tell them, tell them Monique and Sydney sent you. Yeah. Welcome back, y'all. Uh, thanks for joining us, Monique and Sydney's open relationship. And today we are talking about what do you do with the haters? What do you do with them? What do you do with the haters? Now, a couple years ago, I'd have said some things to the haters, but I'm trying to get my life over. And we were talking earlier with regards to the career, but what about the haters as it pertains to your relationship? Mm-hmm. How do you address them? Because we had we we we've been at the haters ball. Ourselves, <laughs> hey 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 hey! Everybody, <laughs> goddamn! Well, just on my side, your mom and and Aunt Dolores were always just sweet tea and apple pie. But yeah, I, I think that. And here's what was funny: when because they've not been best since we were fourteen, our families know each other. My mom know you know him, and we all know each other. But when Sid and I got together. To say we were going to be together, it was as if I, was like, I had, hold on, wait a wait minute. Wait a minute, he coming in for the money. He going to use you. He trying to take. I'm like y'all. He he he's been knowing me when there was no money. He knew me when he had to come up with the money when I had no money. Remember? Mm-hmm. He knew me when we had to dig in his gym bag to get money for steak subs because we had no money. That's that's him. He's the same man, mommy, that you went to to talk to my second husband. That's that's him. So it was coming so forceful. And I really didn't know what to do with it because I'm like, this isn't a stranger. And what do I do? Because oftentimes we can be put in positions where you're getting I don't want to use the word hate, but I mean, that's that's just the word. That's just the American lexicon. Yeah, you're getting hate from people that you think love you. Mm -hmm. And then you say, am I making the right decision? And you might start questioning, what direction should I go in? Until I had to make the decision, I have to walk away. Mm-hmm. And I have to allow myself to be loved and to be loving in a way that I've never experienced. So that even meant walking away from my mother. Mm-hmm. And you say, 
How do you walk away from your mother? Because I wasn't being loved the way that I needed to be. And I had to make a decision to choose. And someone would say, did you really have to choose? I did. I had to choose my family because if not, I probably wouldn't be here today. So what were your experiences that you've had thus far, Brother Ed, Keisha? You know, you have, I take it as love. Um, and I look at a lot of things differently. Mm-hmm. I look at it outside the box. A lot of the people in our lives that have seen us come up and be successful, they want to protect us. They think they're, their, they're our guardians. And the love that they have for us allow it. it, it it makes them feel like they should be negative in some ways. Not, not, I don't think they think it's negative. I mm-hmm. think they think it's more, I'm protecting you. I want you to make sure you think about this. I want to make sure you do this and protect this and protect that. Um, the biggest thing is, like, for example, one of the things I said when, I, when, I, when me and Keisha was uh, going through it and her dad was pledging me <laughs> into the family. <laughs> I used he's to laugh he's about it. Oh, I got played. He was hazy. Oh, yeah, I got hazy. Uh, okay. But you know but, the crazy thing about it, though, is I my enjoyed dad it. genuine, like, he is the only person I believe that I've ever dated who my whole family, hands down, loved, including James Pulliam. That's a mm. feat. But, you know, I, I enjoyed it, you know, because I knew the reason he was putting me through the gambit was because he loved his daughter. And... What I decided to do was not be bitter about it, but only look at him as respect as if it was my father. Because he soon, he's my father now. That's Daddy Deuce. <laughs> I like to call it Deuce. <laughs> but, and from that, from my response, then it was reciprocated. Now we have a really great relationship. Mm, they'll be watching football, and, texting, you know, and I'm like, who are you talking to? Oh, Dad, Daddy Deuce. I'm like, okay. But it, it, was, it was out of the love for her. Um, and sometimes she didn't understand. She was like, man, you know, dad is, I was like, man, dad is being dad because he love you. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And because he love you, I love him because I love you. Come on, dad. And that's what it was. That's how I, that's how I take it inside the family. A lot of, and once the walls get broke down, once dad knew that I was going to treat his daughter right, his only daughter, and my mom knew she was going right. to treat me right, they all right, because my mom can be off the chain too. Okay. <laughs> nah. So once yeah. they know that, and you're going and, and it was the same. Okay. Like even with his mom, I recognized it was because how much she loved her family. It was, and we share that. So we have something in common. And like you said earlier, even parents or people, extended family or people, so they may be pulling from previous experiences that they've seen and and looking at something that with this lens, with the old lens in a new situation. Mm-hmm. So I recognized that everything came from a place of protection, a place of love. And now, like, I text his mom, like, hey, mom, how are you? You know, just checking on you or and vice versa. And both of us are two people who are very much about family. We're very close to our family. Our house is the gathering spot. There's always somebody in the fridge. Someone. And that was one of the moments I thought was the cutest when um, we were at his, his old house before, before, we, before we moved and moved in together and, and got up. And his family came in the house, opening the refrigerator, checking the pantry, seeing what you got. And it made me chuckle inside because my family does the same thing. My little brother, he will eat your leftovers even if you licked it. He, he's a college student. You know what I mean? He doesn't care. There is nothing off limits. And I appreciated that our families are very similar in that right. so that they can all come to the house. And it's loud as hell. Don't get me wrong. There are loud conversations because I think, especially black people, we feel if we say it louder, it makes it more valid. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? It. Yeah. Right. You, it's more right just because I said it loud. So that's our, how, our home on any given day. It's full of our family. And I love that perspective. I love that perspective that you say it was just because of the love that they had for the daughter and the love that they had for Ed, and, and I hope that when our boys bring someone home, that that's how it's received. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I hope so from you. So it from will you. be daddy for me. I, I hope so. Because listen, we don't have kids together yet, but I feel I feel bad for our future daughter because this one right here. Bad, bad boy him and Daddy Deuce probably gonna get team up together, <laughs> right? In act a fool. But you know what? At the end of the day, for that. For that, that woman that dates your daughter, 
that goes through it, that goes through it and actually respect you and 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 love you for it, you're gonna love that you're gonna love her back through time. Oh see, my my mother in law is well, I've been doing it since I was fourteen. But she's amazing because she's sweet tea. And she's the ty- type of mother-in-law, I'm only speak when I really need to. Mm. I'm going to give you all my sweetness. But when I need something to say, you best to listen. I'm going to say it. And once she say it, she go right back to, I'm going to give you my sweetness. And I appreciate that because when she was needed to whatever needed to be said, she said it. But she's that kind of mother-in-law that says, that's your marriage. That's your life. That's your relationship. I have no input in that. I'm not getting involved in that. And I hope that I am that type of mother. Mother. Oh. Daddy, I'm going to try. I said, I hope. That's right. Okay, I said, I hope for it. And Paula, I don't appreciate you busting out laughing like that. Okay, I'm going to do the best oh. I can. And that's all you can do. Because that's we do it. think as much Tell as we know. that's all you can do. What is best. That's right. For our children. That's it. And I think I know. What is, listen, okay, this is what I would like. Let me find out. This is what I would like as, as, (laughs) this is the shit I go do, okay? When they get the tongue bashing and Monique crashing, okay? With the shit I feel. But this is what I feel, okay? And I know we're going off subject, but it's on me. Going on, go ahead. So, we have three small babies, Mm -hmm. and Shalana's a grown man out in life doing his own thing. So, I know he's not going to go along with this. But this is what I would like. Remember on Dynasty when everybody lived together? Oh, God. Do you remember that? When JR, what was his wife's name? Uh, Sue Ellen? Her ass lived right there. Tell her. What was that? Dallas. Okay, well, shit, get me right on the story. I absolutely loved the togetherness of that. Yeah. I loved, and now I'm going to go goddamn back to Africa. Go ahead. I loved. The togetherness of that. I hope that when our sons grow up, whomever they bring home, they stay home. So if it's their wife and their children, we are all right there together. And I'm going to do my best. I'm telling you right now. And to people listening, I'm going to do my best to mind my business. Okay? Okay. But if I feel like... Oh, that there's boy. something Whatever that I need to speak on. Like. Okay. And that's what will make him go away. <laughs> no, that's what will make your dreams not come true. Daddy, don't say it. This hey, is, baby. This is what I'm saying. Okay. Okay. Your mother knows what makes you smile. Because it's your mother. Mm-hmm. Right? She knows your favorite meal. She knows what to do when you catch a cold. She knows how to make you laugh when you say it. Because it's your mama. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't know how to do that. It is his mother's job to say, Keisha, let's mean you go have a cocktail, baby. Here's what my baby likes. Stop letting him come to my house for a home-cooked meal. See, I guess that's where we differ in that I know that's my job. So I'm not doing my job if he seeks to go anywhere else. So to me, it has been like I study him. Not no, in a but weird I'm not taking way. away your job. No, no, what no, I'm no, saying no. is, as his mama, as a mama, I know that Jonathan likes to lay on his back, and if you rub his belly, baby, all things are good. But I, bet I would you tell, also know that listen as you're older, okay? Now I'm gonna tell her things that your I'm mama a, can't tell you. I'm gonna tell her. I would tell, no, I would tell her. <laughs> I would tell her what my <laughs> baby needs. Listen, if How you rub the his hell belly, are you gonna tell daddy because it's two women but talking. Here's the thing, though, love. Okay, and this is why. As you know, this this is a hot-blooded Sagittarian fire sign. But daddy, but just let me say it though. You said it. Okay. And then from the Libra <laughs> <Shit>. standpoint, <laughs> I'm gonna look at it, and where we have our conversations is not only is he our son, yes. but this is this individual's husband. Yes. Mm-hmm. But in addition to that, who's speaking on her behalf? So there's a level of balance that you have to have where. You are telling them or her who whatever it is that our child likes. Yes. But our child is not the only one in the relationship. So the balance comes in and are we speaking to our child in reference to the needs of this young lady? Yes. Okay, but I didn't hear because that. Because Daddy, from you didn't you. let me get there. Okay. Okay, now goddamn it. Well, that's what <laughs> I was I, Y'all stay with me now. My because fault. shit, I was gonna say it's gotta go both ways. And I'm sure that everybody can feel that's what was coming. Daddy, okay. Okay. Uh, okay, it was coming in my spirit. It has to go both ways. However, 
Okay, I'm going to stand. Stand. However, what I am saying is, again, your mom knows your favorite meal, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to it, daddy, because you know I'm going to go to it. Go if your mom knows your favorite meal, right, she's going to share that with your wife. This is my baby's favorite meal. So that way she ain't got to go to mommy to get the favorite meal because I'm going to share it with the wife. So you're going to uh, empower the wife. Yes, that's all I'm saying. It's almost like, hey, necessary. baby, let's have conversations that my mother didn't have with me about how to be a wife. Well, can I tell you that's the difference, though? Because mm-hmm. some women, some mothers like to be the gatekeeper of that information versus sharing that information <coughs> willingly. So those are two different things. And that's why I'm saying if we become the willing sharers. Mm-hmm. That's why I say your word was a word. God Got damn it. it, so was mine. Sharers, yes. That's why if we become willing sharers, it is. I'm not trying to be the gatekeeper. Right. I'm. Just, I never had a conversation with my mom to say, "Listen, baby, as a wife, X, Y, and Z." This is what. Yeah. Never. So, my daughter-in-law, because now she becomes my daughter. Yeah. As my mother-in-law, I'm yeah. her daughter. Yeah. So I'm not offended if my mother calls me up and say, "Hey, baby, last time I was there, I noticed something, mm-hmm. and I just want to talk to you, woman to woman." Not. I'm trying to be the gatekeeper. And I'm right. trying to tell you how you take care of Sydney. No, right. this is just woman to woman. Let's have a conversation because I notice you don't put on nothing sexy when you go to bed <laughs> at night. I've been noticing that. No, I get it. So, yeah, it's not. So I'm saying, Daddy, that we have the conversation both ways, but to be willing to have it. Absolutely. To say this is what you may want to do to make this successful and make it work. And it's not a mama hating. Mm-hmm. It's a mama saying, I want y'all. To have the best that y'all can have. So if I say to you, every time I see you, your feet not done. I'm not hating. I feel you. Yeah, so I get it. You know, that's I get coming it. from a place of love, yeah. though. Because that, that right there that is, helps. is, but what happens is, no, daddy. you good folks, you don't come <laughs> home with us. Time see, out. Wait, you, I can read between the lines. And I know this sounds good. But <laughs> right. you, because what will happen is. You're going to give me the this, side this, eye, this, Keisha, goddammit. You don't get, <laughs> you gonna give me the side eye. She's going to want you to be on her side. That sounds real good. That sounds real good, but what happens is. She thinks that I got to ride or die with you, regardless <laughs> of if you're wrong or right. And that's cool when you out there and you crip walking and you doing whatever you're supposed to be doing. OK, when you're out there shooting that bang, bang. But when you're dealing with relationships, there's a level of balance and parody that innately she doesn't exhibit. And she's already shared. No. She means well. No. Oh, yes, you do. No, Daddy. I'm for you. Okay, then. She means well, <laughs> but the way in which it comes out. It may not out, be received in that manner. It may manner. not be because the way in which she will interject makes it seem like, well, damn, can I do anything right? And this is when I would say she means well. What she's trying <laughs> to do is work it out so you both can win. She just hasn't really found out what it is that you're interested in to share with Jonathan, Michael, or David. My daughter-in-law, they're going to have to have tough skin. They're going to have to. They're going to have to because if you bring these old frail bitches up in here that all oh, your mother to hurt my feelings. She's Listen, she's not going to be a good mom to my grandchildren because she's frail and she's everything hurts her. But this I is need, the reason why. I need one of, one of them old silverback. Oh, <laughs> so now you have an opportunity to look within the realms of our lives so that you have to have a level of humor to be with this woman <laughs> because you know in our heart of heart all she means it is means the best well. right, yes, right. she just boom she just place. says what, what's 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 old girl's name the actress the the older lady. Tasha Smith. No, 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 no. The oh. older lady who you always say she could play your mother. Jennifer, Jennifer Lewis. Jennifer Lewis. Baby, listen. It's like, you know it's love, but the way it comes the out is not always loving. Mm-hmm. It's okay. And then you pause and just look at me. That's all. So, okay. Those are some things I have to work on, and I'm, I'm going to say it because, and to my future daughter-in-laws, I feel like I need to say this, okay? When you hear this show back, Uh-oh. know that the shit ain't trying to be mean. I'm just trying to say, baby, this is what it takes to be a good woman to my son. And this is what it takes for my son to be a good man to you. 
I you heard see that. that? Daddy. I gave it fairness. There you go. I gave it balance. You did the best you could with what you had. But, Daddy, I gave it balance. Did okay. you hear that? Yes. Okay, then. All right. Shit. <laughs> Man, that's how you deal with the hate. That's and how I'm, you deal and I'm with just going to say to your future daughter in laws, <laughs> bless your hearts. Run. Bless Keisha. your hearts. Keisha. No, because guess but, what? I know you will be amazing, like amazing er, amazed balls, all of those different things. But it is going to take the right personality right. to be able to understand all of this amazingness that's around. I'm going to accept that. Yes. I'm going to accept that because it took your personality mm-hmm. that came along for me. Mm-hmm. So that young lady, she's she's going to have to. She's going to have to, you know, be able to get with it. So So at what point do the man have to tell the woman? Because I believe in a relationship, you got you can't you can't hold punches. You got to. If I like blue, I like blue. Yes. I need to tell my wife what I like. I need to tell her, look, your, your, your nails looking a little ratchet. I need you to go ahead and put some nail polish on there, get some scrub. You just cut my leg. Yes. You know, I need to be able to tell her that. But at the same time, as a as a kid, as a daughter, as a son, I know my mother, and my mother is more forgiving to me than it is to whoever else um, that I'm dating at the time. Now it's my my wife. So, for example, if you said something that probably might have been over the top, it's easier for him to come to you than talk to you and say, "Hey, mom, is you tone it down just a little bit? Can you tell her this way to protect his wife at that point?" Yes. See, my children already have had to come to me. Okay? <laughs> okay, this thing, we ain't got to wait for this shit to go you know, 10 years from wait, now. Wait, how they've old are the boys? How the old twins are 10, okay. Michael is 12. Oh, boy. And they've already had to have a sit down with their mother and say, hey. <laughs> All of us, the, the, the yeah. males had to have an intervention <laughs> with mom. They did. Did it work? It did. And I'll tell you, in the moment, my ego. Mm-hmm. Because what they were saying, that shit was so real. And Doreen was like, bitch, hold strong. Tell them who Doreen is. Doreen is, is yeah. okay, you, okay, what's her, what's yours name? You know, I don't have yeah. one, but my, my, um, like Dolores, like one of my best friends, when she's, she's Dolores. Yeah, so mine I get is it. Doreen. Uh-huh. And, and Doreen says, hold strong. You know you right. I don't give a damn what they saying. Don't break. And that night that the family had to sit me down and say, hey, we need you to check yourself. And it caught me off guard because as the mom, my feeling was I'm the mother. And I'm looking at him like, you're going to let them say this shit to me? And when he looked at me and I knew that look was we're family. Mm -hmm. And for us to get better and for us to grow, I need you to hear it right now. So I've already been there. Mm -hmm. And it took me about an hour to go in a closet and get myself together and come back and say to my children, how proud I was of them. Because I would have never been strong enough to say the shit they said to me, mm-hmm. to my mother. Never. And those three little boys, along with their daddy, said the realest shit to me as their mother. And they don't even know that night what they did for my life as their mom. Yeah. So I ain't got to wait for them to get women. They've already done it. Mm-hmm. Ever so politely. And they and did. The is, is yeah, that's with love. When you oh, my God. It was, with love it was with such love and with such honor. And they were almost reaching out saying, listen, we don't want those stories of these entertainment parents. And you was great to the world, but we didn't know who the hell you were. Mm-hmm. So we trying to grab you right now. So the things I said right now in reference to my sons, that's just a mommy. Yeah. That's the love of a mommy. Mm-hmm. But I'm grateful to have these three amazing little prints that was able to say to me, we want to say it to you right now. And the one that is the one that really clings to me the most, Jonathan, he the one that had the most shit to say. And I'm looking at him like, shit, I thought we was, we was road dogs and you going to do this to me. And it was because y'all road dogs yeah. that he yeah. had he to say it even, to you. He knows you the best. Mm-hmm. So I don't ever try to play the card of perfect. Yeah. And I'm very careful of that. Because being on television and playing those roles, we can come off, some of us can play the game of perfect. I have no problems. I have no nothing. Because I never want to get caught in the fraudulent lane. I never want somebody to say, I pulled back the curtain, and that's who you are. Mm-hmm. So this show right here allows me to say, I am so flawed. I am so imperfect. I am so trying to get better. So to have y'all come on the show and share y'all experiences, it even gives us a different perspective. It gives me a different perspective because I listen to these shows back. Mm-hmm. 
And every time I listen back, do you know I take something from it? Mm-hmm. Every time. But again, for for me, the gift is that you're not dealing with somebody that believes that their excrement smells like potpourri. Say mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And that they, in the moment, may feel a certain way, but when you think about it, they're able to come back and say, this is my mistake. This is why it's mm-hmm. always an opportunity to win with this person. And to be married to you and to have all the dynamics that we have in our relationship and see you confidently standing strong against individuals in this world that in their heart of hearts, all they're trying to win, and unfortunately it's at the expense of others. It's not because they're terrible people, but to be able to stand next to you while this takes place and have these conversations is an honor for me. Aww. Listen. (laughs) (laughs) It's an honor. This is the shit. (laughs) (laughs) That when you say, how do you keep the flame going? Mm -hmm. My husband makes love to me without even touching me. Mm -hmm. Because to say what's real. That's why when I look at y'all and I Mm -hmm. see the honeymoon stage, and it's like, don't ever lose that. Mm -hmm. Because the real shit is... Is when he's got to say what's ugly. Yeah. The real shit is, is when can nobody see my ugliness Mm -hmm. but him. And when we leave about that closet, he still says, I'll stand with you. Mm -hmm. That's when the flame is going. Not when it's all pretty and you're made up and you're in your sexy. It is when you know at that moment you're so fucking unlovable. Mm -hmm. But that person is saying, listen, through it all. I'm going to stand with you. Through all of the ugliness, I'm going to stand with you. So to have a show that says, how do we deal with hate? I was so giving it to my family, not intentionally. Mm -hmm. Not intentionally. I wasn't trying to be fucked up. Mm -hmm. But it was just such a part of me. Mm -hmm. And to have those little people say, hey, if you keep going, when we get to the age that we can get the fuck up out of here. We out. All this family shit you want our women to come in here to. Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for someone saying, I'm willing to stand when won't nobody else stand with you. I'm you. willing to stand when the shit ain't popular, when it don't sound right, when it don't make sense to nobody. I'm willing to stand with you. That's when it's Valentine's Day. Ooh, I'm coming to hug you. Come on, then. Goddammit. Hugs for everybody doing the Monique and Sydney Open Relationship Show. There you go. They can't see this. Mm hmm. And as we sit here, Brother Ed, though Monique said earlier that she's proud of Keisha, we're proud of both of you because of what you had to endure. Just to be able to sit here, just to achieve what you both have achieved, and then to find each other. And despite what the outside world may have to say, as long as you guys keep looking inward, you already winning. Mm. You know what I want to say? I'm proud of you know and of you guys too, because it's a lot of shows that you go on when you're in, in the industry, but this one is one that you're definitely gonna take a lot from. Um, and looking at you guys. You give a lot of people hope. You give us hope. Um, and just helping us move forward to be a, in a great relationship and show that black love and how love is supposed to be and how and it's love, supposed to work. Regardless of the color. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is regardless of the color, but however, black love we oftentimes don't get absolutely. a chance to see us right. loving on each other in a way that we ain't willing to let go. Mm-hmm. Like we ain't willing... It ain't shit this man can do that will make me say, I'm going to let go. Mm. Not nothing. You saying it like you was a drunk out in the field. That's that bitch doing it. he ever come back and do it again. <laughs> shit. Not nothing. Nothing. Oh. Nothing. So we, we want to thank y'all so much. Very much. Thank you. For joining us today. We are so mm. grateful for this opportunity and this experience. Mm. And, you know, more than anything... We've met in passing. We've seen each other. We do our podcasts, you know, from the same studio. 
And I'm grateful for this opportunity to truly and utterly get to know you. Mm. Not the all of your accolades, not all of the amazing work that you all have done, but to genuinely see your heart. I'm grateful for that, for the two of you. And I just look forward to, damn, y'all, come on over with the family. Come on, okay. some, some chicken and stuff. Like, no, I'm serious. Like, I really am grateful and, and I'm excited to include you all in our village. You know, you we have so much to learn from you. And I'm thankful we had this opportunity and we were able to share it with everyone because I say the same thing. Like I w- when I was op- when I was approached with the opportunity to do my podcast, Candidly Keisha, I was like, y'all really going to let me talk about whatever the hell I want to talk about for like an hour? <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I've appreciated this because it's allowed me to really, for, for people to really get to know who I am, not the characters that I play, but who I am as a person. And I know you're touching so many people's lives with what you're doing here because you're the, how genuine and authentic and truthful. We're all flawed. We are none of us are perfect. We all have our stuff. And I'm grateful that you're re- revealing yours because you have no clue how many people you're helping. Mm-hmm. Mm. We just thank y'all so much. Daddy, you want to close it out? Well, again, everyone, thank you for tuning in to Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship. I'm Sydney. And I'm Monique. And you know what, Daddy? I forgot to say something. Say I'm sorry. Uh, the 20th, the 19th and 20th? The 19th and 20th, we'll be at West Palm Beach, uh, Florida, at the Improv, and the 26th and 27th, uh, we'll be at uh, February, I'm sorry, baby, uh, February, and the 26th and 27th of February, we'll be at the <laughs> Houston Improv. So y'all come on and check it out. So go ahead and shut I'm it sorry, down, baby. baby. No, you gotta get All right, so, okay, so we want to thank everyone for joining us today. We want to thank Keisha. We want to thank Ed. We want to thank everybody that was our audience, Tommy Ooh, T. We want to thank Chuck. We want to thank Rob Lee. We want to thank James. And y'all remember... The mind is like a parachute. It's no good unless it's open. We love y'all for real. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.